0: Hello and welcome to Bright Wings, children's books to make the heart soar. I am your host, Charity Hill. The purpose of this conversation is to help mothers and fathers identify books that will liberate their children to embrace truth, goodness, and beauty. We've been considering the great questions of human life and how great children's literature helps us to ponder them. Specifically, we've been asking ourselves and our children the questions Who am I? Where am I from? Where am I going? And what good must I do? I want to enter into the question of where am I from? It's the question of how setting gets inside character. How does setting shape character? I think one of the best ways to explore this is also to reflect on our own life. Where are we from? What effect has that had on us? Today, I'm going to do a little bit of an odd thing. I'm going to read you an essay written by my little sister, Catherine Leano. In fact, I asked her to write this essay for the podcast that's coming up next. It's also on place, but Catherine did such a fine job writing this essay that in a certain sense, she did a better job of outlining what makes a place important to character. She does such a fine job helping us dig into how people and place and People in geographic place and love make a home. I want to share this essay with you in an audio format because it's just so darn good and so wise. And if I don't record it, you might miss it. I'm not sure that everyone is reading the blog post. And so I really wanted to get the word out because it, it really, she really sets us up with a great framework for understanding what goes into shaping our character, how place goes into shaping our character, and how we can see that in good children's literature. Bloom where you are planted, understanding how people and place and love make a home. Across it, my granny maid says, bloom where you are planted. There's wisdom in that statement. Unlike plants, we usually make a decision about where we plant ourselves. As a woman who lived and worked on a farm, granny would have understood that even when you decide one thing, things sometimes go in a different Disappointing way. However, it also acknowledges that as humans, not plants, we have the ability to change our perspective and gain understanding. This vital difference allows us to bloom even in poor conditions. Something obvious to my granny would have been the necessity of a plant or a human having roots, or as she might have said, roots. As the mother of my two sons, I recognize there are plants that don't use traditional root systems. I respond that they still have to absorb nutrition and receive support from outside themselves, which is my point. Support and nutrition. Without grounding, nurturing, and love, we all topple over, shrivel up, and die. It's rare to bloom if you don't have roots. As parents, we gently guide our children to root their identity in various ways, their name, as a son or daughter, the brother or sister that they are, and as a child of God. Reasonably, they find their identity in relationship to others. Our community, primarily our family, is one component of our home. When my oldest was only three, I remember visiting my sister. I was helping my oldest child take a nap after a series of questions. My sister was asking me, she wondered how it was possible my son took a nap so peacefully and for so long when he was so far from home. And then she determined, ah, home is where you are. In a book called Abuela, the main character Rosalba and her grandmother live in New York City, one of the largest, busiest cities in the world. In fact, we never actually see their actual abode. But Rosalba is so secure in her home life, she comfortably takes an imaginary flight around many different neighborhoods in New York City. She visits visits her daddy, an uncle and aunt in their tienda, a cousin, and the Statue of Liberty. She repeats to us her grandmother's stories that explain and flesh out the girl's own history. She feels comfortable dropping in everywhere. They even rest in a cloud for a while. Rosalba says her abuela would hold her in her lap and even the sky would become part of nuestra casa, our home. Another important part in the recipe to make a home is the place you live and identify with. In the story Abuela, Rosalba fondly points out beloved, famous, and personal local landmarks, as well as talking about the people that she loves. These places add to her confidence and security in what we would consider a very, um, you know, sometimes viciously busy, impersonal city, right? Young children can exhibit astonishing peacefulness in the places they love, particularly in the arms of those who love them and in their home. Home is often a place where we have history, roots, If living in a place with family history isn't possible, the memories we carry with us help us to be encouraged and brave in the face of hard times. If we do live in a place with a long family history, it's wonderful because we can see the people who have worked, failed, succeeded, mourned, celebrated, remained faithful, just as we do. We can return to the places they lived and be encouraged by these private monuments. The Chinese government, in fact, knows something about what we are careless about. Home and its memory are forces that shape, challenge, and nurture us in powerful ways. In the book, We Have Been Harmonized by German reporter Kai Strittmatter. It documents how the Chinese communist government strategically bulldozes whole cities in order to rebuild them entirely new, and not just new buildings, but entirely new street plans so that there is no reference point to what was there. The Chinese government desires to remove people's connection to their home and their history so they are entirely dependent on the government for defining who they are and where they are from. They want to plant their citizens and tell them when to bloom instead. The book All the Places to Love by Patricia McLaughlin makes me cry with joy and homesickness. It is a story about a daughter who has just been born and how she is loved by her mother, father, brother, and grandparents. It is a story about how the place in which she is born is full of beauty. Some people would wonder at how mundane it seems but love changes it. Each person in place is a gift that nurtures the baby girl as she grows. Her brother assures her this is so, even if she leaves it someday. She will take them with her in her heart. I grew up in a similar rural setting, moving only once and just a few miles, but I didn't really know my cousins or grandparents. All the places to love really speaks to both my own abundance and my own poverty. It speaks of the beauty of a permanent home and my poverty of a lack of extended family. I live in a big city now with my husband and children. Living in the city is something which I struggle with and we are geographically distant from my side of the family. Every day I have to work to make something beautiful of my imperfect circumstances. (sighs) Often it begins with an attitude adjustment. Unfortunately, sometimes I nurture the unhappiness and dwell on that instead of cultivating peace and gratitude for the beauty of a good but imperfect me, a good but imperfect husband and children, plus incredible friends and a secure place to call home. All the places to love helps me to see in this place the gift of where I have been planted for this season of life. I do this not only for myself, but for my family. The earthy and humorous book, Popcorn and Ma Goodness, tells the story, the love story of Popcorn and Ma Goodness and what happens when they literally crash into each other coming down a hill and fall in love. I quote part of the story that happens after they are wed. It reinforces with repetition some of the ingredients that go into building a stable home. They get them a hound dog goes yippity 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 yippity. They get them a hound dog goes yippity yippity all doon the hill. They get them some kids for to whoopity woppity whoopity 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 They Get them some kids for to whoopity whoopity all doing the hill. The illustrations accompanying these words show a family snuggled in together reading, rustling a dog, smoking a pipe around a fire burning in the fireplace of their home. Their lives are shaped by going up and dune, the hill, the hill where their parents met. The rest of the book chronicles a run-in with a bear that Pop takes care of and skiing on their hill and swimming in the pond at the bottom of the hill. It looks as close to easy domestic tranquility as you could hope for as a child. The repetitive life of the family in Popcorn and Ma Goodness helps them to grow and thrive and even enjoy themselves as life goes up and down. For the home to be that kind of a place of comfort, beauty, challenging growth, stability of place is usually necessary. Like most good ideas, this one has been thought about and tried out before. A rule in the rule of St. Benedict was created to give monks you know, men living in a Christian community, the rules to assist them in spiritual growth. One of the promises a new monk made was the vow of stability. Instead of being a gyro vague, someone running from one monastery to the next in search of the best monastery, Benedict required the new monk to promise in front of all the other monks that the novice was there at that monastery with them forever. The people we live with and the place we live from, are such a powerful combination, we call it home. I think that is why it used to be common for people to name their homes. Nowadays, it's mostly subdivisions that receive names and outlandish, outsized ones at last. The castles of Chelsea Place, the gardens at River Mist, you know, things like that. Despite my ridicule of the subdivisions, I think naming your home is something worth considering. As children, home is something that is given to us. We are planted and we unquestioningly accept it. We learn to be part of this garden, so to speak. As teenagers and adults, home is more complicated. The cultural emphasis for us as adults is to be travelers traveling lightly. Attachments and putting down roots is looked at with suspicion or fear. My husband, who is 14 years out of college, had a high-powered East Coast friend visit a few years ago. During that visit, she shook her head, saying, You two are just like my parents. The inevitability, the repetition, the stability to which we had committed boggled her brain. In the United States, this unrooted and unconstrained homelessness is chosen, and no matter your social class, looks very much like the jet-set version. This is part of our American mythology. Huck Finn can't bear to be hemmed in by his small-town aunt, and promises the reader he's going to escape at the end of Twain's novel. Even the character of Pa in Little House on the Prairie is constantly roving, looking for peace and prosperity. He finds proximity to other people to be a principal cause of his unrest. He can only tolerate the presence of others and their resulting commitments to them if they are family. Americans tend to move on when they encounter trouble instead of committing to staying to see a resolution. After all, many people came or come to the United States to escape literal threats to their life or livelihood. Most of us are not so endangered, but still we are anxious to get out of Dodge when there is any whiff of inconvenience. We're saturated in the values of being self-sufficient and in being unencumbered by other people or circumstances. For these and other unmentioned reasons, increasingly, the idea of home is only a romantic ideal and not an actual place. In an interview in The New Yorker, farmer and author Wendell Berry says, Part of manners used to be to say to somebody you just met, where are you from? And I quit asking it because so many people say they're from everywhere or nowhere. I'll tell you a little bit of my history that might be pertinent. My mother was born and grew up in Port Royal, my father about four miles south. Both of their families had lived here since about the beginning of the 19th century. When I came to teach at the University of Kentucky, Tanny and I thought we would live in Lexington and we would have a country place. And we had hardly laid our hands to this house, which needed some preservation work, when we realized we're not going to have a country place. We're going to live here. And so we have. We bought this home in 12 acres in the fall of 1964 and moved in in the midst of renovations in the summer of 1965. That put our children here, and now we've got grandchildren who are at home here. That comes from a decision we made to be here, and to be here permanently. Despite pressures otherwise, the Berry family rejected the American ideal of always being on the move and unrestrained. The Berries purposely chose to live in flyover country in a town where they were already known. Or at least the Port Royalites knew their family or thought they knew their family, which is about the same thing, right? I'm sure it wasn't easy. The Berries chose to live in a home that wasn't brand new. That meant somebody used their toilet seats before them. Seriously, though, despite all the inconveniences that an old house entails, they committed to preserving and cultivating it. Initially, their commitment was to use the house on a temporary basis to satisfy an itch for a little quaint country living. Ultimately, they committed to making it their home. They embraced the seasons of life that naturally come with such a long-term commitment. Things break. The family grows. The crops and animals need cultivating and husbandry. The relationship with the neighbors needs patching. I'm sure they crashed into normal hard feelings that we all experience through life as a result of having chosen one thing, or place in particular. You marry this person, not that one. Then the honeymoon phase wears off. You live in suburbia instead of the city. The children are running amok all day, every day. What do you mean this cell phone plan isn't unlimited? At some point, we might worry we don't have a home. Then we realize that we don't have a perfect home. And eventually we realize, hopefully, with some compassion. This is just the way things are for everybody. Nobody has a perfect home, but we all want a perfect home. We want a perfect place to be with our perfect people. I think we don't get a perfect home outside of heaven. So in fact, what we should do is rethink what home means. Perhaps a perfect home is a place where we and our family are comfortable enough to keep trying at all of the things that go into daily life. The Berry family had the audacity to restrict themselves to living in the small town of Port Royal. It would have been easier and less humbling to stay in New York City. In returning to Wendell Berry's family home, They artificially imposed limits on themselves and accepted the very real imposed limits that come with living in a small town. They worked to create lives that were, in some sense, poetic by living within the rules of their family and home place. Just as formal kinds of poetry, like the sonnet, have rules you must follow if you wish to compose that particular kind of poetry, there seems to be something essential to family life that insists on the loving boundaries that having a home demands. It does not have to be a big home, or a country home, or a perfect home. It simply needs to be your home where you experience all the particulars of a life surrounded by love. In Catherine's fine essay, Bloom or Your Planet, we talked about how place can influence character. I think she makes a great point that geographic specificity is really important and cultivating gratitude for the place where we find ourselves. She points out that love, by which i mean affirming with words and deeds the persons in your family, that love is a key component. She also points out that limits and routines are pretty crucial for being rooted, especially work related to the home, i think causes character to be engaged limits, routines, the geographical specificity, so the work that needs to be done around the place, the, the things that the place calls out of us, whether it's work or whether it's gratitude for the place in which we find ourselves, these are things that engage character. They engage our children's minds and hearts and wills. They call for something. They call for a response. This is how we become rooted It's also the opportunity to integrate. And then let's not leave out the dimension of play or celebration, because that is really the bloom or the harvest. We need to feast. We need to rejoice when we're blooming. We need to offer praise and thanksgiving when our children are blooming. I would really love to know what are the ways that you make a home for yourself and your family? How have books informed your sense of home? What characters stand out to you as characters that were shaped by their place? If you become a subscriber to the blog and you receive this blog, you're able to weigh in and answer some of these questions yourself. I would love to see what your responses are. I would love it if you would join me on Instagram, this very awkward platform that I'm not very comfortable using. It would be fun to have some responses and interactions with you on Instagram at Brightwings Children's Books. If you would like to explore books specifically related to this theme, you can go to the website brightwingschildrensbooks.com and click on the book list and click on episode number six. If you go to the book list and you find something you would like to purchase uh, through my shop at bookshop.org, the great thing about it is it's a platform for independent booksellers, which is awesome to support them. And I received 10% of the sale of your book, which is awesome too, because it supports me. I just wanted to tell you about how that works. Our next episode is gonna continue to be on this theme of place. Where am I from and how setting makes a difference to character? I'm interviewing my friend, Carla Galdo. In it, we especially consider how place is both a gift and a task to character. Until then, may you continue to bloom where you're planted.